Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the NARPM Radio Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm super excited about our show today because I interview author, entrepreneur, billionaire with a B, and founder of Action Coach International, Brad Sugars. Brad is also a mentor of mine and a business partner at Empire Industries. Brad Sugars is a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, and a number one business coach in the world. Over the course of his 30-year career as an entrepreneur, Brad has become the CEO of nine-plus companies and is the owner of the multi-million dollar franchise action coach. Brad is an advocate of building a business that runs without you so you can spend more time doing what really matters to you. So I'm super excited. We're going to talk to Brad here in a second. But first, our topic, topic. So today I want to talk about should your sales team actually go to a property? And I was actually interviewing somebody and they were talking about how their sales team goes to every property before they, they to do the look-see before they, they bring it on to the portfolio. And I kind of chuckled because the early days at Empire, we literally required our sales team to go to every property. And uh, obviously the, the positive of that is that by going to the property and we get eyes on the property, we can determine if it's a property we want to manage before we spend the time onboarding the property, reaching out to the resident or, you know, going out and, and then realizing that the property is, is not what we want, right? So it, it, it was a time waster when we ended up getting a, a bad property. But when we started doing the math and we started putting pen to paper, we realized that having our sales team drive all over the city to go either meet people at the property or to go to, to view the property just to see if it's something we would take, that was a major cost in, in of itself. Not only do you have the gas and the time and the windshield time to get to every property, but then they're, what are they doing? They're not selling when they're actually driving. And so it re- actually reduced the amount of sales calls they could go on. So we actually, and, and this, was, this was my business partner, Steve, actually pushed to, to get the sales team to be able to uh, just sign up properties without, uh, without going to them. So we had to come up with like what was our best practice because I was kind of against it at first being the, on the operation side, knowing that when we got a bad property, it caused all sorts of chaos and it was time consuming on the operation side. So the first thing we did is we determined what are some of the property requirements that we will or will not take. For example, we didn't take any small uh, apartment complexes, right? So any eight units or 10 units, we would only take single family to four units. And then we had certain areas of town that we would not work in. And so once we had some, some requirements, then it was easy for a go, no go. And then of course you still had that gray area. Google earth became our friend. We would our, our sales team would look at Google Earth and determine if there's a structure there, try to try to and then we would look at old MLS listings if they were out there on the MLS as well, or old Zillow listings, if you will. We understood that there was going to be a factor of a small percentage of homes that the salespeople are going to bring on and they would not meet our, our requirements. And um, and it actually did. It does happen, right? It happens from time to time. Uh, it could happen that the owner dis- believes that his property is rent ready. And then when we send our field team out there and they do the, they do kind of a move in inspection, we realize that it's not rent ready. And then the owner doesn't want to do the work. And so, yeah, we onboarded the, we on, you know, we, we, we negotiated a management uh, agreement with them. We onboarded the property. We, you know, we had to spend uh, time to send our field tech out there and then it doesn't work. And then we give the property back right pretty much right away and so that's a hassle and it's a pain for 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 everybody and then of course we have to you know we have to make sure that the, the salesperson doesn't get that commission on that 
in that property. But what we found was the amount of time it takes on bringing on a, a poor property was way less intrusive to the company than having your sales team drive all over town and uh, trying to access homes when there was residents there. We would just take on homes if they had residents. We would take it on. We, we would do a walkthrough within the first 30 days. We would have our, you know, we, we used to use on-site pros. We'd have on-site pros go in and do an assessment of the house within the first 30 days. And then if the house had some type of, you know, safety criteria and the owner didn't want to solve it, we'd have to give it back. Again, it's, it was a hassle when it happened, but it happened so few times that it was worth the investment of not having the salespeople drive all around town. And what happened was we actually were able to close more properties. Also, one of the other things is now I didn't have to have a salesperson in that specific area of town or split the, the marketing uh, leads from one side of town to the other to the different to the different salespeople, I can just round robin the leads and it became much easier from our marketing team to get over to the sales team. And it became a little bit uh, more fair that the sales team were splitting leads versus like, oh, well, this person's in a much higher concentrated area of leads in this part of town, this person's not. And, and all of a sudden there's an animosity there. So we were able to make it more fair, close more deals and this deal and just realize that we were going to have a couple of properties that were going to get spit out on the back end. And if we had, if we started having more and more of those, we went back to the criteria where was there something we can add or, or update in that, in that criteria. So that's my little hot topic for the day. We'll be right back. I can't wait to, uh, to get for you guys to listen to Brad. Every time he speaks, I take out a pen and paper because he is just a man of, of just, just so, so much knowledge. We'll be right back after this, after this commercial break. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end -end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. Welcome back to the Narpon Radio Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as promised, I got my friend, mentor, business partner and business coach extraordinaire, Brad Sugars. Brad, thank you for joining the show today. Great to be here, bud. So Brad, you and I go way back. We go back over, over seven, eight years now. And I want to let every, all of our listeners in on a little secret. So everybody knows Empire Industries or most people in the industry know about Empire Industries and they know Pete and Steve. Well, Brad was actually a 10% owner and he was the silent partner at empire industries and actually the driving force behind getting empire into new markets mainly dallas and fort worth so brad thank you for being here and thanks for obviously coaching me and thanks for being part of empire industries yeah it was good it was a great thing you know i really enjoyed taking the position in the company because i could see and, and i think it's what mind could also see and why they uh, you know looked at the company from that perspective but i could see like I do with most businesses that we look at, it's a great operation and it's in one location and that operation should be in a thousand or 2000 locations sort of thing. And that's really, you know, what excited me about empire and obviously what excited mind about empire as well. That's right. 
So Brad, most of our listeners, uh, they probably have never heard of you, even though you are like this incredible business coach and, and own Action Coach International. So can you talk a little bit about your humble beginnings and how they shaped your philosophy and why you started Action Coach International? Yeah, look, uh, if I work backwards on that, so Action Coach was started because I was doing, I was doing speaking. You know, when, you, when you're young and you succeed at something, people want to ask you, how did you do it? So I would be asked to speak. And so people would always come up to me and say, can you help me? Can you help me? And it was like, I, I don't have time. I'm running my own businesses. I'm doing all of this other stuff. I'm doing a few of these speaking things. And I just don't have the time. But listen, if you want to call me, I'll, I'll try and coach you through it. Uh, eventually you wake up to the fact that if enough people ask you for something, this is probably something you should be doing as a business or something you should be selling type thing. <laughs> so hence now Action Coach is in 83 countries. We've just over 1,100 offices around the world, teaching business owners, coaching business owners. Our membership program is a real education program for business owners. But what got me there, I think, if I go back to uh, age 16, I won the Rotary Youth Leadership Award. And what that was, was they sent you away for a week-long training on how to be successful, how to be a leader. And that sort of sent me on the path of learning and constant, never-ending learning. And, and you know, Jim Rohn, I then met, and, and he taught us a simple thing, that if you can learn it, you can achieve it sort of thing. So it was, it was really about learning how to grow into my goals. And I set massive goals and then just went about learning enough to be able to uh, achieve that sort of thing. So that's, that's really the simplest, fastest version of that. I'm, I'm a dad, five kids. My wife and I have, have a lot of fun living here in Vegas and we travel a lot. And yeah, we're business people through and through. We're entrepreneurs. You know, I have major interests in our 13 companies. So that's what we do. And I... I didn't have this on, on the list that I sent you, but you're also a published author of many books, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and 17. 17 books. The 18th is being written as we speak and should be out in a couple of months. It's called Raise Your Hand Marketing. So whole whole different philosophy on marketing than most people approach it with. All right, that's great. And we want to talk a little bit about marketing later on. And uh, we'll get the links to where they can buy all your books. And we'll put that in the show notes here. So Brad, in the property management industry, it seems most of the business owners are still working in their business the majority of their time. Mm -hmm. They're stressed, overworked, and underpaid. It's a thankless job as you get it from all angles, owners, residents, vendors, your team. And you have a philosophy and you built a coaching franchise based on this premise that the definition of a business is a profitable enterprise that runs without you. One, by the way, that I, I, I spend, I, every time I speak, I talk about that mantra. What would you tell our listeners is the blueprint from getting out of the business and letting the business run without you. Okay, so I wrote easy a whole question. Book on I know this. it's an easy yeah. question, but I wrote it's a, a whole book on this <laughs> called The Business Coach. Where actually, so I go back a step. What most people don't realize is that in business there is a recipe for building a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. There's a recipe or a a, a systemic process to do that. And that's what, you know, when at Empire, you came to us for coaching and working with Doug, it was all about that systemic process and learning that process of building a business that runs without you. And so we, we take it through a six-step process. And that six-step process is really, and every one of them, like the base is mastery and there are four areas of mastery and each of those four is broken down. And so it's, it's really about getting that area to work without you, then that area, then that area sort of thing. And then we go on to the marketing. And it's broken into a five ways formula, which, uh, you know, that that in and of itself is probably the most important formula any business owner can learn. And then we go into the systems, which is a nine step process again. And then we go into team building, which is six keys to a winning team. And then we look at the synergy aspect. Once you've got those four base areas done, then it's about expanding that business and putting it into hundreds or thousands of locations around the world, if possible. And, and so that's really what we look at but if you break that right down it really starts with learning to be a business owner not just learning to be good at the business of your business you know and you know i'll say this bluntly most people that come under the narpam convention or listening to this podcast to become better property managers i don't think that you should try and be a better property manager 
I think you should try and be a better owner of a business. If you learn to be a business owner and you employ property managers, so yeah, train them how to be property managers, train yourself how to be the owner of a business. That's, and that's really the thing. I think that the, the people spend so much time trying to save a wage that it costs them a fortune. That's brilliant. I like that one. So there's a lot to unpack there. So the first thing is what I heard was there's a mindset. That's the first, like you have to have a different mindset. I remember you had a client that he always wears scrubs and you would ask yeah. him, is he, you know, are you a business owner or you're a doctor? And he, he would say he's a business owner, but he literally identified as a doctor because he would always wear his, his scrubs. Mm. And so you're saying here in, in this instance, you know, are you a business owner or a property manager? And be, when you are learning to become a better, more efficient property manager, you're actually missing the point. You're, you're actually learning how to do the property management side of it, but you're not learning how to become a business owner. You know, when, when you sit down and you start to understand it, it is a gradual process. You know, obviously for me, when I started Action Coach, I did all the coaching. You know, I was the coach. Right. And so I had to then learn and document and systematize my methodologies of getting the business to run without me. So you know, I had to then teach people to do that and make them better than me. Because if, if they weren't better than me at the job, I had to keep doing the job sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of business owners struggle with that. They, they're like, they have this mindset of, of, you know, no one can do it as good as me. You're right, because you haven't trained anyone to do it as good as you. You know, you haven't got any systems to help them do it as good as you. No wonder they can't do it as good as you. Whenever they make a mistake, you dive in and fix it for them and they never learn anything. So, you know, there, there's a lot of philosophies there around how you become a business owner rather than uh, an employee of your own business. There's a very big difference when you look at being self-employed and being a manager and then being an owner. So, you know, at self-employed level, you're, you're on that seesaw of do the work, you know, get the work, do the work, get the work, do the work. You're always selling or doing at all times. When you become a manager and you have people doing that, it's it's then all about the merry-go-round of running around around in circles, putting out the fires they start. And, and then it's a matter of building your people. So I always go back to someone asked me recently on an on a interview, they said, you know, how do you run so many companies? I said, I don't. I build people who build companies. I build people who run companies. And so, you know, when when you and I were partners, it was like people said, how do you run? I don't run that. I coach the people that run that business. I'm more of a coach to the CEOs of the companies than I am the, the CEO. See, I, I don't want to be CEO of my business. I want people to be CEOs and I want to, you know, coach them sort of thing. I want to be the chairman of the business. I want to be an investor in the business, not an not a worker in the business, if that makes sense. And that's, it's a process. It's a three to seven year process to do that, depending upon where you're at. Yeah. One of the things that I really enjoyed about being an action coach client when, when Steve and I first started was the, the, the whole process or process. Mm. And, and like, for example, when we first started where we were in our journey, we needed marketing. And so we literally, like I would sit there and I'm, I wasn't the marketing guy, Steve Rosenberg was, and, and he was kind of doing the marketing and the sales. And I almost have like almost nothing to do, right? Because you have to build your marketing systems and your marketing before you can build your, your, your operational systems. And it was just yeah. like, it was all like, hey, you have to do, it's step one, step two. And it what was- it one of the challenges, though, Pete, is that most people in, in this industry get into it because they're process oriented right. more, you know, and so they're not the marketing and sales people. And, and yet you've got to learn to be that and you've got to learn enough to hire great marketing people and you've got to learn enough to hire great salespeople. I, someone was chatting with me a few months back and they said, you know, you know, how do I find a good marketing person? I said, well, what do you know about marketing? I said, well, nothing. I said, great your first job to find a great marketing person, go and read 10 marketing books so that when you interview them, you can actually ask them good questions type right, thing. You know, right. it's like, I see people that, that they try and employ a marketing person. They're like, well, I think they're good. I don't know, but you got to read enough and learn enough so you can actually ask them good questions. You know, you talk a lot about building up people. And one of the challenges I've seen in this industry is the old business owner saying, I just can't find good people. Right. Mm. Or I can't, I don't trust anybody. How do I trust them? And I think you brought up a great point, right? You have to build up the people, but what, where do you come on, on like, okay, so I build the person up, but 
are you a big fan of like building the systems so those people can run the systems and then having, you know, I call them metrics or key, key performance indicators or KPIs so that you can understand, you know, if they're like, that's their scorecard. Where do you come up on that? Like, is it, is it a kind of a three prong process or is it just build the people and let them go build all the systems and the KPIs? You know, it, it's a combination of all of the above. Every business is different because the people you employ are at different phases. Some people you employ can create systems and some people you employ uh, just know not at that level to be able to create systems. So what we, what we look at is the ideal scenario, the ideal world is that people run the systems and systems run the business. You know, and customers drive the system. So if a customer drives the system, like the customer makes a phone call, it starts a system. So that drives the system sort of thing. Customer makes a purchase, drives the system. Customer sends an email, drives the system. The team should run the system. But what I learned many years ago, Mike Bash, one of the founding vice presidents of Federal Express said, you know, 80% of a business is routine. So you can systematize about 80% of a business. 20% of a business is going to be just, you, you got to humanize it. So, you know, you've got to look at training those people. But again, the more you build the people, the better they will refine the systems. The more you build the people, the better they will, you know, create great systems or edit great systems or do all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's, they've got to be system oriented to, to use the system as well as system oriented to help build the systems and that sort of thing. But that being said, I like to see paper systems first before I see technology systems. You know, you've got to, if you can do paper systems first, then you can create technology. But too many systems get in the way of people doing their job rather than helping people do their mm. job. So we, we see, I, actually I felt- see an over systemization from a lot of people because they're creating systems before they have volume people. There's, there's no use creating a system in a property management business when you got 10 customers, no use whatsoever. Right. You know, you got 10 customers but until you've got a hundred, until you got the thousand, that system's never going to get tested. So you build a system with 10, it'll break by the time you get to 50, build a system with 50, it'll break by the time you get to a thousand type thing, you know? So those systems are never finished. They're always going to have to be recreated. I literally fell into that trap, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I'm an engineer by trade, so I over-engineered everything. And I remember our first systems, I created these checklists and I literally had the checklist down to the point where like, did you put the first name in click? You know, did you put the last name in click? Like it was so <laughs> over-engineered that like, of course people can use the system. And then we were a high growth company and I literally outgrew that system within like six months. So, so yeah. So that's a good takeaway from this, from this podcast. If you are building systems, one, don't over-engineer them. And two, uh, don't build the systems until, you know, for the people, for the business you have build for the systems that for the, you know, you know what systems I want you to build in the beginning. I want you to build sales systems. I want you to build marketing systems. You know, until you've got a thousand customers, the system to deal with the customer is deal with the customer, you know, and and it's not that hard. You can humanize a lot of that sort of stuff. The the biggest part of it in the beginning is the sales and the marketing, you know, how you deal with the, the basics of what you're doing. So, so uh, let, let me ask you, so why is marketing so important and how can our listeners go about marketing their business? We're great at process because property management is process intensive. And a lot of people focus on that, but they don't really focus on, on the marketing. So tell our listeners like why it's so important. And then how, like, what are some steps they can take? So let's, let's first of all, define marketing. Marketing is the profitable acquisition of lifetime customers. So ultimately you are buying customers at a price and you want their lifetime value to be way more than that. So the first thing you have to determine if you want to do this is how many customers do you want to buy per day, per week, per month? What is the number of customers you want to buy? And guess what answer I get from 90% of people when I ask them how many customers you want to buy? All of them? Yeah. As many as I can get. <laughs> as many as you I know, can get. Yeah. I, I, want a, I want thousands. Well, right. Okay. That's not true because <laughs> what you actually yeah. want is the number that you can onboard properly, consistently, and persistently. And let's just say... So the average property management company 
what would your guess be, Pete? Even at your highest days in Empire, how many new properties, how many new customers could you acquire per week, landlords? How many? I would, what would be the yeah, ideal number? About 10. About 10. See, you could never onboard more than 10, right? It'd be hard. It'd, be, it'd, yeah. put, it'd put a strain on, on our systems. We, we'd do about four, 40 a month was kind of our, our number. And if you did 10 a week, every single week for 52 weeks of the year, that would also be a strain. Correct. Because it takes so a good let's 60 Let's say days. your number was seven. Okay. Now the average property management company is probably two to three. That would be the most they could handle every week, week in, week out, all that sort of thing. So the first lesson I want to give everyone is the word only. We only accept two new landlords per week. It's a mindset shift. You know, from, oh, we need to find to, we only accept two new landlords per week. We can put you on the waiting list. We can start you up next month, but we can't put you on this month. That's brilliant. So it, it's a simple shift of mindset of what a marketer looks at versus what a tech, uh, you know, the person that's a technician in the business looks at. So then the second thing then is saying, okay, I've got to acquire these customers. The question is how much are you going to invest to acquire customers? Now, if I look at the average property management company's marketing budget, what do you think the number resembles? A thousand a week or zero a week? More like more closely to zero a week. hundred percent. It's closer to zero per week. And that's the challenge. Acquiring customers is going to take money. It, it just does. Now you take the average door and you say, okay, our average door is X. Therefore we can afford to invest say two times X to get there. So if we're making this per month, we can spend two months money to buy that door. And we know over 12 months, we'll make a ton of money back sort of thing. Maybe we've got to spend three months per door to get them into to what we're doing. But I sit back and I look at it and I say, people are just not, we don't have a problem with leads in the property management business. We have a problem with marketing. There's just not enough being done. Now, why don't they do marketing? A, they don't see it making money. You know, they don't, uh, they don't see it take, making any money. They don't want it to make money because they think marketing is you spend it and it's gone. No, no, no. Marketing is an investment if you do it right. You invest the money, you buy a customer, therefore you get that money back multiple times over because of the way you did your marketing. That's what we're aiming to do with marketing. Now, most people in this industry don't know how to do marketing. They've never studied marketing. They can do sales, but here's the challenge, right? Now, this is the, the, where I saw the most massive opportunity in this business, in this industry, is profession. Where I come from in Australia, 80% of investor-owned properties are managed by professional property managers. Yep. 20% are done by the, the self-management, self self-managers. You know, now Australia also has trained people to pay rent weekly, which is the smartest thing ever because you get two extra weeks income per year. You know, and you can move them out on a weekend. You don't have to move them out once a month. You can move them out every weekend. You can have people moving in and out, which is just much easier. That being said, the US is almost the opposite to Australia, where the vast majority of homes are managed by the home, by the owner. There are one land, you know, they own one investment property or two investment properties and they manage it themselves. And that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would you put yourself through all that? That's why most people only own one because they're like, I can't be bothered collecting rent for more than one, you know? And now they've all turned to Airbnb because they want to do it easier type thing. And they think that's easier. It's totally not, <laughs> you know? But when we sit back and we say with marketing, what is our job? Our job is to communicate and educate. Our job is to communicate with people what we do, how we do it, and educate them on the benefits of doing that. And if I was a property manager and I was not making, uh, putting out content every single week, if I was not networking at every single property investment group, if I didn't start up 10 property investment groups in my target audience, I would be, it would just be crazy not to do that, I think. And so um, before you would focus on any other systems, you and, and your, and, and your you know, steps focus on the marketing system. 
mm-hmm. right? Because marketing, and I think I've heard this from you before, is the lifeblood of every business, mm. right? Without without the business, that I can't afford the accountant, the the uh, the, the property managers, the the you know all, all the other team members because you have to have the marketing. So a lot of people that own a business, they get marketing and sales kind of bundled into one. They they look. I'm looking for a marketing and salesperson. So can you explain a little bit? Yeah, to business the development manager. Yeah, yeah. So can you explain a little bit of what the difference is between marketing and sales? Yeah. So marketing is about people coming to you. Sales is about you going to people. So when when I do marketing, my goal of marketing, and and this is why. Uh, I'm writing the book on the subject. My goal of marketing is to get people to raise their hand. So I, I find methodologies to get people to say, I'm interested. You know, so like if I was to, let's say I was a property manager and I wrote a book or a booklet or an ebook or I had access to it through NARPM, I had all of this information and I, or even, uh, you know, I, I had a podcast that I just did. And let's imagine. Pete, there was an ebook called uh, "The Seventeen Most Important Steps to Being a to to Real Estate Investment," you know, or the seventeen fastest ways to get the most out of your real estate investment, or how to turn real estate investing into a, a easy thing. Like that's the ebook, right? Mm-hmm. So I post on my social media. Hey, just finished writing this ebook, the 17 most important factors on being a great property investor. If you're interested, type the word investor below. So now everybody that's interested types the word investor below. I've now got 10, 20, 100 people to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in being a property investor. Great. Let me help you find some properties. Right. Like then I go back and I look at it and I think, because business is a simple process. Get customers, keep customers, get customers, keep customers. How many property managers have customers that have one investment property with a ton of equity? There's probably quite a bit out there. Like all of them, <laughs> all of them. Why are you not educating that person how to buy another property? Another three properties, leverage up that equity. Cause in the last two years, everyone's got a ton of equity. Leverage that equity up, buy two more. Right. You know, th- these are some of the things, but so marketing is the process of getting people to come to me. Sales is about me going out and knocking on doors to get people like networking is sales. Sales is one-to-one marketing is one-to-many type thing. But also sales is the conversion of those leads. Marketing still needs to help with the conversion of those leads, but sales is definitely the conversion of those leads and then the repeat business out of them. So if I got this right, so marketing gets people to raise their hand. They say, hey, I'm coming to you. I want to do business with you, whether it's buying an ebook or, hey, I want to sign a property management agreement. Um, So they're coming to you. Then the sales team kind of takes that call, if you will, and converts them. Right? Yeah. And then so marketing, out. marketing farms those prospects too. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, what you want on your database is every single investor in your town. Right. That's what you want on your database. Sure. That's your target. That's your target client. That's, that's your suspects. And so you want every single investor in your town to raise their hand and say, I'm interested. So how do you get every single investor in your town to say, Hey, I'm interested in having you guys work with me. And then you, you over a period of time, you keep in touch with them. And over that period of time, you start converting them into customers. It's, yeah. you know, too many people with their marketing and their media, they try and go straight for the sale. You know, I hear the radio ads of some property management companies and they're going straight for the sale. It's like, you want me to just sign up with you right now? I've never heard of you. I've never seen you. You got to think of marketing like dating. Okay. You got to get them interested first. <laughs> you don't ask for the marriage. Like you don't see a girl at a bar and walk over and go, you look like the type of person I could marry and have kids with. And you look like you'd raise kids real well. Can we get married? <laughs> That's most marketing that I see out there today. There's no, wow, can I buy you a drink? You know, there's no, can we have dinner? How about a date? 
you know, so what we do with marketing is we try and get people to have a date. You know, we try and say, hey, yeah, I'm interested. I'd like that ebook. Or yeah, I'm interested. I'd like to go on that podcast. Or hey, I'm, I'm interested. I'd like to have a meeting. You know, what if, what if you're a property management company, Pete, and you had a podcast where every week you interviewed three property owners, three investors as why they became an investor and how they succeed as an investor. And you interviewed them. And none of them were clients when you interviewed them. But by the end of the interview, do you think they're going to say, by the way, Pete, I'm interested in uh, your property management services. One of the three every week would be interested. I mean, it's so simple to get people to raise their hand because what you're trying to do with marketing is start conversations. What you're trying to do with sales is conclude a conversation. You know, so marketing is, is just that process of starting a conversation with someone, get people to say, hey, I'm interested. Hey, I own an investment property. You're right. You know, the, uh, what about a, an ebook called The 10 Biggest Pitfalls of Managing Your Own Property and How to Solve Them? Right. You know, th there's so many things that could be done. Maybe I should, I have a marketing company. Maybe I should get it to do it for property managers and oh my god it's That'd just we do it for we do it for accountants and lawyers and business coaches and and accountants are so easy to do it for because they have no idea about marketing <laughs> nope, nope. you know attorneys they're... attorneys are just as easy because they're hopeless at it <laughs> in most cases property managers maybe i should do you guys next so. <laughs> well one of the things you said early earlier on was about if you have clients that have equity and i think one of the biggest one of the biggest mistakes that we're making in our industry is marketing to our current clients. I know at Empire, we did a poor job of that, right? We're always marketing to close new business, but there is so much money on the table with your existing clients, whether they go buy more properties from you or have referrals that they can send you. And so I think one of the, one of the lessons that I've learned and that, that hopefully you take from this podcast is, you know, start, start creating marketing systems for your, for your current clients. No, you know, I, I, but even better than that, when I sit down, if I was in your business, Pete, which I was, and we did this, I sit down and I talk to you guys about this, every single brand new client, I sit down with them and say, okay, talk to me about your investment goals. Mm. How many properties do you want to own? Where do you want to do it? How many do you want to have? How often do you want to be buying one? Show me your rules of what you want to buy. Fantastic. So if I met a client and they said, I want to buy one new house every year, I can raise enough capital every year to buy one new house. I can get a deposit for one new property every single year. Great. Or every two years I can get it or every four years or I can get it. Do you know whatever I mean? Whatever their goal is, that's yeah. what we're going to work towards. And so I sit down with them and say, great. Well, here's where we've got the insurance. Here's where we've got the mortgages. Here's where I'm going to find you those properties. I will find them for you because obviously I got my license. I'll make money on that. Yeah. You know, and, and I just keep finding people properties. You literally should have a person in your organization whose whole job is to help your existing customers find more doors for you to manage. That's their job. Just keep finding more doors. And like, if... What if, Pete, what if we did this? What if every week we found great deals out there and we said to all of our customers, by the way, if you'd like, every week we come across great deals, phenomenal deals. Some weeks they're better than others. But would you like it if we let you know every time we found a great investment out there that we told you about it and it's a first come, first serve situation? By the way, if you want, you could be on our priority list and we could send it to you before we send it to everybody else. We only have 12 people on our priority list, but they're people who buy every month. If you're on our priority list, we'll send you our, our best deal of the month. It's so simple, but it just, we get so stuck in, oh, damn, I need to get the plumber out to what's the name street. Oh, wow. dang. I got to get the, the locksmith out to this place. Oh, dang. I got to find a new, like we're no. so busy with the stupid stuff that we, 
you know, we major in minor things rather than focusing on growing the business. I talk a lot about that, about a reactive company versus a proactive company. And when you're in chaos mode and you're always reactive, it's hard to become profitable. It's hard to make money. If you are in a proactive mode, you're literally doing things like Brad just said. You're building these relationships and having these priority lists. So you're, you're actually selling to your current clients, not just trying to go attract, attract new clients. I mean, if, if you sit down and you think about it, your database is a database of buyers. Mm-hmm. How many can you sell to them? Well, you don't just say, do you want to buy one? No, you throw out the greatest one you just found. I, I have a buddy of mine in the UK where he goes to new developers. Like how many developers are there in your town, Pete, that are doing properties with somewhere between, I don't know, they're doing an apartment complex with somewhere between 10 and 50 apartments oh, the, or the, condos. well the build to rent thing has been has been going crazy over the last few years right so well that's see the best thing that's ever happened to our industry or the, the real estate business is that these massive venture capital companies have gotten into it and that's why rentals are being pushed because these are professionals that are just pushing rentals 10 20 percent per year right. so everyone says oh it's so awful that these massive companies are buying all this real estate no it's not they're driving prices they're driving rents they're brilliant at it. I love the fact that they're in the business because they drive it harder than anybody else ever could. But when, when you sit down and you take a look at it, what if there was a developer that you got to know and every developer, you said, listen, we'll buy the first one third of all the properties you put out, but we'll buy them at a 20 point discount. And, and the developer loves you because you're taking the first third. So that means he gets bank funding for his entire deal. Or you go and take the last third. You know what I mean? And it's and you just pass that 20-point discount on to your customer base. My buddy in the UK has been doing that for 20 years, and he charges 10,000 pounds for any anyone, any investor. He says, we'll just take a fixed fee as a finder's fee for you. Now, if you're the realtor, you take the realtor cut instead of the fixed fee. I mean, it's right. there's so many ways to do it, but you've got to be thinking of, of what you're doing as a growth business, not just as a uh, managing the one or two acquisitions per month sort of thing. Right. So Brad, you've worked with thousands of business owners and in your experience, what are the most common mistakes or challenges that the business owners make? Did we kind of touch on a lot of them? With well, the they're marketing? not business owners. They're, uh, <laughs> they, they work in their business, not on their business. They don't try and build a business that they try and build. They try and build a job for themselves, basically, you know? And so by building a job for themselves, they end up with exactly that. You know, they go in with a philosophy of like, if, You're only going to ever get as big as your goal, Pete, is probably the simplest way to put that. If your goal is to pay the bills, that's as big as you get. If your job is to, you know, have enough doors under management to keep yourself busy, that's about as big as you get. You know, you're not going to get any bigger than your goals. If your goal, though, is to get to 10,000 doors and then sell out to a large organization, that's your goal. You know, what, what is the goal, I think, is probably the thing. And that's where, for the vast majority of business owners, they set two smaller goals because they set their goals based on their own personal needs, wants, and desires rather than the marketplace. How many doors are there in your marketplace? What percentage of them do you want? That's how you start setting a goal. You don't set a goal based on, you know, the, the I got to make a hundred grand a year to feed my family. That's, that's just a stupid way to set a business goal. So interesting. And that's how most people go about setting their goals. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so Brad, if you- I listen, if I told you, Pete, if I came to you and I said, listen, the only way you can have a property management company is you have to get 10,000 doors. It's the only way you're allowed. It. You're, you're not allowed to be a property manager unless you have 10,000 doors. It's the new law. It's just being put into place. And, based on some of the laws we've seen put into place recently, this could be one of the, the I mean, the level of stupidity we're seeing across <laughs> the world. This could be a new law, right? So let's pretend it is. So you have to write me a business plan to get to 10,000. Yeah. Now, it takes no more work to write me a business plan to get to 10,000 than it does to write a business plan to get to 500. Interesting. Just a different mindset. Yeah. What's the difference between a million and 10 million? One zero. <laughs> it's just a different way of thinking. So Brad, you built a career on helping people. Your latest mm-hmm. project is the 90 days to revolutionize your life. 
Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners the catalyst behind creating this program and what this program is? I don't know what it is, but when you hit 50, there's a certain brain thing that goes on. And it was like, okay, I want to document everything I've learned. I want to do, I want to document every single thing that, that I've, I've done. So I created three programs and one was 30 minutes a day for 30 days on business. The next is 30 minutes a day for 30 days on success and all the success principles. And the next is 30 minutes a day for 30 days on wealth. So it's 90 days with me for 30 minutes every single day. So if people think they've got a ton out of just sitting here with us for the last, I don't know, 30 minutes, imagine what they'll get with me for 90 days in a row of doing this. And so what my thinking is, and this comes back to Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn said, if you can change your thinking, you can change your life. If you can change the way you approach things, you can change your entire life. And so what I said was, I want to give people 90 days to change the way they think. And if I can change the way they think, then they'll change the way they life. You know, I will say this every time I talk to you, whether it's a business meeting or just, just passing by, just having a beer with you or, or I see you on stage, by the way, if you've never seen Brad on stage, he is captivating and one of my favorite speakers. And I'm not just saying that cause you're my guest, but, <laughs> but every time I talk to you or I listen to you, I literally write stuff. I, I was trying to write things down. Now I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast and I'll have a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to, that I've taken learnings that I've taken for my new business VPM and that I can give to my friends in the property management industry. So I just want to say thank you so much, man. Cause if you are, I, I would highly think I would highly take Brad up on his deal. Like let's do the 90 days with Brad, the 30 minutes a day. And I promise you, you'll get way more than you put into it. And uh, just because we're just after Easter, I will make sure the team gives you a link to extend our Easter deal. So it was uh, Easter deal was 90 days at 90% off. So oh I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that link for you and your team. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll throw it in the show notes. So, all right, let's go. We're going to take a quick break. And then, Brad, we're going to come back with the, the lightning round. These are the questions that I have <laughs> not uh, not shown you. So we'll be right back, everybody. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. All right, welcome back to the Narpham Radio Podcast, and we're ready for the, the lightning round. All right, Sugars, you ready? You I love that sound. Do that again for me. <laughs> it sounds right, like a whip, you know? It's, it's like a whip, but it's like kind of my lightning <laughs> bolt. All right. All right. What is one accomplishment or something unique about you that most people don't know? That I can wake surf. And I love wake surfing. Did not know that. And you see that? And, and I'm a follower. 
All right. What do you prefer, Marvel or DC? Marvel. What is one piece of advice you would give someone who's just starting out in business? Learn. Grow into, grow into your goals. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Ooh, the Aussies like their pineapple, evidently. You know, ham, pineapple, pizza. <laughs> right pizza. The Hawaiian. What book, what book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? I know it is a tough one for you because you've <laughs> written so many and I'm, read I'm so many. I'm actually rereading one at present called Measure What Matters. But I'm also, uh, I use a little app called Headway. It does 20-minute uh, audio book summaries. And so that I'll get through, you know, one or two of those a week. But yeah, Measure What Matters, I'm currently rereading. And the Membership, eco membership Economy is uh, the last one I just finished. All right. Which Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, dang. dude! I, have, <laughs> I, I have knew I'd get daughters. you. I have four daughters. It's like you know, how do you? How do you uh, like, Brad, Brad's gonna say uh, Ariel. Can we, can we go back to Marvel? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably, we're gonna probably we're, probably Mickey because he's the boss. Mickey, I like it. Other than the Norfolk Radio podcast, what is a podcast you recommend for our listeners? The high performance podcast based out of the UK. There's uh, two guys that do a podcast called the High Performance Podcast. So, all right. Very and then, cool one. which do you prefer, dogs or cats? Dogs. All right. Brad, thank you so much. You, su you survived the, the lightning round. <laughs> if anyone wants to take, you know, learn more about the, the revolutionize or get in touch with an action coach, uh, Action Coach International, how would they do that? Uh, just hit actioncoach.com for that stuff, bradsugars.com for the other stuff, or any social media. You'll find me on every single platform, even Pinterest, getting crafty, you know, <laughs> so, even TikTok nowadays, dude, but you, I don't have to dance though. That's what the one thing they said, we'll put you on TikTok as long as I don't have to dance or do any of that <laughs> stupid stuff, so... Oh man. Well, if you are, if you're not a member of NARPM and you'd like to join NARPM, go to NARPM, N-A-R-P-M dot O-R-G or call them at 800-782-3462, 800-782-3462. And if you're looking for a virtual team member, a global team member, virtual assistant to reduce your overall costs and increase your, uh, increase your service for your clients, then go to VPM virtual property management, vpmsolutions.com. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Brad. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.